Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined with the kid from Kansas City himself, Mark Gunnels. Mark, I know you're excited because uh, basketball season starts today, but it's still football season. It's not even (laughs) Thanksgiving yet. We're still locked in. (laughs) I love this time of year when both sports combine at the same time. It's perfect because now you got the basketball to fill in for the rest of the week when there's no football games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Right, no NFL on Saturday. NBA is a good filler. You should be happy. First of all, I've been filling my Tuesdays and Wednesdays watching Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky and 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 you know uh, Jack State. Uh, college football is on every day now, but there's well, never a day that you got to not see an incomplete pass. Believe that. Well, those days are over now. You now you can watch some basketball on those days. I think I might still be watching football. But I'll keep an eye out on the NBA, seeing as well. Let's just know this: the season really starts January first, right? You know, you have Christmas Day should be the opener, and then all the things that really matter happen in January. You know what? You know what the uh, New Orleans Pelicans were at the turn of the year this time last year. What were they? Second in the Western Conference, didn't make the play-in. Doesn't well, matter until yeah. injury. Very injuries, much injuries played a big part in that. Mm. Mm. Or drafting did. You can pick. <laughs> you can. All pick. right, let's let's, let's, get, let's get the football. <laughs> oh, oh, now you want to get the football. Now you want to get the football. I yeah, was told. Yeah. I was told that uh, you know somebody who should be a defensive tackle is uh, you know playing basketball. Maybe that's why he can't finish the season. Oh, anyway, let's talk about. We could talk about actual defensive tackles or defensive ends. Because uh, if you go on to last night's game, you know what? No. Let's go to the vibe check because this might be in your vibe check right here. The good, the bad, and the ugly vibes from week eight or from week seven recap. You know, actually, I do this in my sub stack as well for every team in the NFL, all 32 of them, except for the ones that were on by the week prior. Because it's supposed to be the vibes in the back, you know, in the locker room, on the flight home. How are you feeling? How is it going? Right? And right, I name right, dropped right. you in it. Did you read it? Did you see what team it was? I did not. <laughs> oh, well, make sure you're subscribed to the neutral. I am field. subscribed, though, but I didn't. Wednesday and Friday. And if you are subscribed, you should read it because your name might just be in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Caught you in 4K. You did. You did. That's fine. I, I, I'm a, I was going to get to it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you were looking forward to reading Last this Mondays as as Wednesdays is about to drop tomorrow and Friday again. But again, the neutral field on Substack. And uh yeah, Mark, you made you were in there. You were in the vibe check for that. But go ahead, you can start. Yeah. So the good vibes for me is in Baltimore. I mean, we're talking about a team that had a game against Detroit where everybody was talking about are either his teams contenders. And before you could blink, it was 28 to nothing, right? Ravens put it on. Look like the best defense in the league potentially right. right now. It may have been before you. It may have been before you can blink, but it wasn't before I could throw a couple of dollars on a live bet. <laughs> what did you? What you get of that? I mean, you know, plus thirteen and a half, plus seventeen and a half. It's like they're not going to get blown up by this much. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. But uh, Lamar looked like Lamar. I mean, the offense looked like how we expected to look like before the season without Greg Roman. Spreading the ball around. OBJ even got involved. Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews got in the end zone. So definitely good vibes in Baltimore. I'm going to go with uh, with your team. The home team. Your team. The Kansas City Chiefs. It was the best record in the NFL right now. Or tied for it. Top of the AFC. Don't have any wide receivers. Apparently doesn't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? It hey, respect Rasheed Rice. The last time you told me about a rookie wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, all he was doing was cardio. Sky Moore well, out there. She writes is, is not nothing but run. He's actually producing. <laughs> no, I know six targets, five catches. That'll get it. That'll get the job done, especially when he's not your primary receiver. I'm officially sick of the Kelsey ness of all of this, but uh, 
Apparently, Andy Reid says she could stick around as long as she wants. Travis apparently averages before before week seven. He was some 99 yards a game with her there, 45 without. But the, the moment that I'm seeing Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift doing coordinated high fives, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm officially done with this. And also, Conspiracy Martin, five games she's been to, five different television networks. I'll just say that. Now, I'm done talking off the field. On the field, I think that might be the best defense in the AFC. Haven't allowed 21 points in a game yet. And they're starting like seven second or third year, first, second, or third year guys. Oh, the team is, who, who's the defensive coordinator, Martin? The one of the worst in the league. But if you got players, oh. it doesn't matter. That's what oh, helps us. Oh. That's what you know what happens? You know what happens when you have an elite generational talent on the defensive line? You can blitz. All the time because he takes up a double team. You know what doesn't have we don't have him, you lose to the Lions. Anyway, go ahead with your good vibe. Or your mid vibe. Only gave up 14 points in that game, by the way. But I digress. Um, bad vibes, man. It's a lot of candidates for this one as well. I think I have to go with Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay is a team that I was pretty high on before the year. I think you were too, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they could be a wild card team. I think you picked them to win the division, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. So don't do this. Yeah, don't talk you... about what. Don't talk about what I was saying before the season in your segment here. You go ahead. You tell me why. Well, I'm just painting you know, the whole you story. You said after week one or week two, while we're talking about what you said. Well, you said this. You said that. You were fitting Jordan Love for a gold jacket. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I didn't see the Packers season going like this at all. I, I thought they would be a competitive team. I thought I like the roster still. Uh, Jordan Love, I thought we'd better come in and you know just manage the game, not lose games. I'm not saying he'll just light the world on fire, but I didn't expect this. I mean, losing to the Denver, a team that I don't think even wants to win right now, it's just not a good look, man. They could have been a candidate for ugly vibes, actually, but I'm I'm gonna say bad for Green Bay. The Packers in the last three weeks have lost to the Raiders and then a bye, and then the Broncos. <laughs> that's just that's just not serious. And Jordan Love with two costly interceptions in both games. I mean, the the Packers should have won this game going away. The idea that they lost because Jordan Love is ridiculous. Like that throw was ridiculous. The touchdown was ridiculous. Lucky as can be. Like like he he is lost out there. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. Who you got for bad vibes this week? My bad vibes are going to the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell has been sacked 40 times. The NFL record is 76. There's 10 weeks left of football to play. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, Eric Bieniemy. we're never going to see him get a head coaching job now. It's never going to happen after this, unless there is a dramatic uh, uh, turnaround in Washington. It's never going to happen now. He had to come in and, and engineer this offense to look similar to Kansas City for it to even be a thought. Now it's never going to happen. He should have stayed in Kansas City. The lateral move was not a good move because the commanders are not a serious franchise. And unless he somehow gets an interim tag after Ron Rivera gets fired, I can't. I, bad vibes all around. Yeah, it's unfortunate, you know. We in Chiefs Kingdom, we, we're rooting for Eric Bannemi, man. So it's definitely tough to stomach right now. Um, but let's get to the ugly. You know, let's get to the real, let's get to the real nitty-gritty here. And I have a weird suspicion we may have the same ugly vibes here. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, my gosh, you just lost to the New England Patriots. You should have lost to the Giants last week. I mean, you lost in the Jaguars game and in London, you know, this offense, I don't know what happened to it. You know, they were scoring 40 against the Raiders. Everything was looking good. And, you know, they did the same thing against the Dolphins. And then they just fall off the face of the earth. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to be one of those top contenders in the AFC. You know, you had a good chance. You should have beat the Patriots, right? And Miami lost. That would have been a great advantage for you in the division. So now you didn't gain any ground, even though you did beat them head to head. They still got a better record. I mean, it's it's ugly there in Buffalo. I, I don't know what else to say. It's it's really looking bad. They're they're probably very fortunate that 
Aaron Rodgers is not healthy for the Jets this year, and they would be in danger of really missing the playoffs. I predicted they were going to miss the playoffs too. That you do want to talk about a preseason take? <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Where's that? Where's that Achilles? Come on, listen to more dolphin sex. So maybe you can come back by week ten. Apparently, because he's walking around throwing footballs like it's no problem. Allegedly, you know, science versus Aaron Rodgers round two. It's Aaron Rodgers wins twice. I don't know what to say. Maybe we need to throw these books out and start listening to more Joe Rogan and and Robert Kennedy Jr. But that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> my vibe, my ugly vibes. See, the thing about the ugly vibes is bad vibes are built for teams that like like the Bears have mid vibes right now because they got Tyson Bajan starting and enough people are going to get drunk enough to think he can really be a starter in the NFL. He can't, you know, but it's like, is he better than Justin Fields? Probably not. It was just better that day. You know, sorry. Sorry, guys. But the reality of it is just the reality of it. But the ugly vibes, right, are really, to me, designed for teams that like, like the Chargers, for example, who really should have been on a different trajectory and they're absolutely not. My ugly vibes. It's been a long week. It's almost, but Thursday night, the Jaguars come all the way back from jolly old London town, walk into the once formidable Mercedes-Benz Superdome and just kick the living hell out of the Saints. Kick the living hell out of the Saints. I mean, Travis Etienne running like the best back in the AFC through a defense that hadn't given up 20 points in forever. You know what the problem was? Offense is that much worse. It's just that much worse. Chris Olave got arrested. He just got bailed out earlier today. How do the Saints fit in that category, though? Because before the year, you weren't high on them at all anyway. So I don't get how they fell under. There there were people I heard credible television analysts picking the Saints to go to the Super Bowl across the board. People were locked in on the Saints as the NFC South division winner. And I, and just like, Oh, you know, they're, they're definitely winning the South. The Saints, the people talked about the Saints winning the NFC South, the same way they talked about the Chiefs winning the AFC West. It was the same level of just, Oh, this is 1000% happening. And then to see the entire world, seemingly just watched Derek Carr for the first time in the last, I don't know, 15, 16 games on Thursday night against the Jacksonville defense, which should have been jet lagged and tired. And it just won. They were supposed to lose that game. It was a schedule loss like the NBA, right? You know, you just know if a team has back to back in Portland and Sacramento, and then they come back to LA for, you know, another Lakers Clippers, the Clippers are going to win. Right, just just off the strength that they played four games on the road, West Coast trip. Ooh, L.A. overnight. You got to look out for that one. You know, especially if James Harden's on the team. No, no, no. The Clippers are going to win. That's what everybody had this game for the Saints. I, I was actually getting nervous because I had picked the Jaguars eight ways to Sunday, and I saw like so many people betting on New Orleans and being like, "What? What's wrong? How could this be happening?" <laughs> then to see the tweets. The tweets that have come out, Michael Thomas was retweeting after that. You, you saw him retweet one of those aggregators who was talking about how Olave quit on the route. And he's like, nah, Olave wasn't even in a progression. It was supposed to be a backside dig. And you know what? If you look at the backside dig, it's wide ass open. <laughs> just so happened that Michael Thomas was got running that backside dig, you know? And it was just like, you know, Jameis Winston retweeting stuff, laughing at Derek Carr. But you know what the good news is? You only got Derek Carr for, you know, two and a half more years and $100 million. Yippee. Ugly vibes. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. We have, before we move on, I'm a little disappointed neither one of us mentioned the Niners. Well, there was going to be the next thing I brought up. <laughs> okay, good. That's a good segue. Because we, we can't let them off the hook. I was going to go into kind of like the NFL news segments because they do not qualify yet for total ugly vibes, in part because the same thing that I was talking about with Brock Purdy for all this time is, you know, I actually did it on Moxie Betts. He actually can lose football games, Martin. But the, the 49ers are Ocean's 11, right? A big ensemble cast. We just don't know. Who's playing what role? So is Brock Purdy like Matt Damon or is he like Don Cheadle? Both of them 
heavily involved in the plan. But Matt Damon on the casino floor, making stuff happen. Don Cheadle blew up Vegas electricity, right? Both of them integral parts. One of them had a much bigger role. We're learning, as I suspected, Brock Purdy is Don Cheadle. He blows out the power and lets everybody else run around and do their thing, right? He, lets, he gets the ball to, to Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Samuel, Trent Williams in there blocking. As soon as one or two or three of those pieces fall apart, they call it Ocean's 11, not Ocean's 9. Yeah, I mean, we've always talked about him being in these situations, right, where you really got to make a play. You can't just rely on the system of Kyle Shanahan and you got to drop back, right? No gimmicky stuff or play action or Debo running a reverse. You know, you really just got to line up, drop back, go through progressions, make a play. And he was unable to do that yesterday. Um, they had a chance. I mean, they had plenty of time there. They were in Vikings territory. And he threw an ill-advised pick at the end. And this is two straight losses now for the Niners. And they're playing the Bengals this week. A team that's won their last two games. Still haven't looked good, but... A team that you never know when they're going to start getting it together offensively. So yeah, I'm really intrigued by that. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but I'm really intrigued by that matchup as well. And then you know, we also got to talk about the, the Dolphins too, right? Can, can they beat a good team? Yeah, I do want to take one moment though and shout out Jordan Addison, who prior to the season, I said oh, yeah. I would have had him being the number one receiver off the board. And so far this year, he has been the most productive rookie wide receiver, even with Justin Jefferson on the other side. And uh, everybody was all falling over themselves over Jackson Smith and Jigba. But to me, Jordan Addison was that dude. And when he stole it, was that was one of the best plays of the year. After Charvarius Ward ripped the ball out from him in the first quarter, he's like, I'm going to get you back. And this to the tune of a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, uh, that, that play definitely won the game to me. If that if it goes in 10 to 7 at halftime, it's a totally different vibe, in my opinion, than 16 to 7. So, yeah, that was definitely a great play. So, but, the thing about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, let's get into it. They have, they, they run, they are maximizing all the pieces that they have and just running at full efficiency, right? But very much like the 49ers, as soon as something happens, it's going to, they don't have, that's what having a great quarterback does for you, is it allows you, to win things that you shouldn't win, to make things happen that should not happen. When you're dead to rights, what happens? How do you overcome it? That's what a great quarterback has the ability to do. Tua is a very good quarterback. His timing is great. His arm strength is good enough. He can get the ball out, and that's all he needs to do. He gets the ball out to Tyreek and all this, and you know Tyreek and Waddle and Mostert and Achan and all these guys who are just literal Olympic speed dudes, right? Get the ball out, get it to them in space, let them work. Now, probably a third of the league wouldn't be able to do minimum of that, right? Like a third of the league can't do that right now. We saw Tyson Bajan start. Deshaun Watson couldn't do that right now, right? To a can. But when you have, when you go up a team that has real big, meaty offensive linemen, and then I mean, defensive linemen, rather, to go against Miami's soft or often injured offensive line. Like, that's the Eagles have seven first-round picks on their defensive line. Seven. And you only play four at a time, mind you. So the rotation is all high pedigree, motor guys. That's where, they're, they're, that's where they live. And you saw that happen. And, like, zone coverage will throw down, slow down timing, but also in the two losses that Miami's had, two has been sacked eight times. In their four wins, I think he's only been hit three. Wow. There you go. That's the story right there. And for me, I'm looking more on the Eagles side of things. You know, this is a team that we talked about having played to their potential, haven't looked that great, but they're still finding ways to win, kind of similar to the Chiefs, I might add. And that's a recipe for success because it's scary that you're not playing your best ball and you're still six and one. And this is a team, just like the Chiefs, obviously, went to Super Bowl last year. And what do you know? Those are the two best teams record-wise in the league right now. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think both teams have winning cultures. 
and they find different ways to win. It's not going to look the same every single week. And that's the recipe of a great team. And like Miami, they, they can't win different ways. It has to look a certain way for them to win. That's, you know, Tyreek and water just high flying. Like you mentioned, Tua's not getting hit and they're getting a couple occasional stops here and there, but they're just racking up the points. They, they can't win ugly games. And we've seen evidence of that. They haven't beat a team over 500 in over a calendar year. Yeah, it's not pretty. And it's, it, but I will say good on, good on the Dolphins to know what they're good at, right? Once Tua gets hit, the thing falls apart. So let's not get them hit. It's just, you know, they, they know they can, they know what way to play, right? You have some like the, the uh, Bears, for example, that they don't use the idea that Justin Fields is probably the th- second, third fastest athlete on the field to their advantage nearly enough, right? Nearly enough. They don't know how to play with them. That's why you get a guy like Tyson Bajan come in and check down Charlie for, you know, a, it was a, what, like, uh, 20 some 22 completions for like 179 yards or something crazy like that like he didn't throw at all but apparently you ask anybody in chicago and he's the future hey if there's a flag football league nobody will beat the miami dolphins they would be undefeated that is true <laughs> that is true they, <laughs> that's what they should do for the olympic flag football they should just uh you see tyreek advocating for it what is aj brown doing advocating for that? you're way too blood for flag football bro you <laughs> like come on dude what are you talking about? Speaking of people who are way too big to be doing the things they do, Miles Garrett won this game for Cleveland. Yeah, can we just give him defensive player of the year right now? <laughs> and you know, I didn't, I didn't realize. I thought you couldn't jump over somebody when you uh, for blocking a field goal, but I guess apparently if you don't touch them, it's legal. If you clear I, them all the way, you can I, I was not aware of that. I was not aware of that because I know people were like, well, I thought that wasn't legal, so I had to look that up. So. I mean, what an athlete. I mean, the guy, we see him in the offseason playing basketball, dunking the ball, like looking like LeBron James out there. And he just does stuff on the football field that a normal human being should not be able to do. Um, The Browns, though, I mean, that game was weird. I know you got some Colts connections there. Have you got, have you talked to your guy about that game yet? I wanted some more insight behind the scenes potentially on what the hell happened. Nah, well, I don't. I don't worry thing about little things like games. I don't have, you know, I'll talk to him about something more. Oh, know. excuse me. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I mean, <laughs> I have an idea of what happened. Like, you know, I, I kind of know. It's well, like, I was just talking about as far as like some insight, maybe like in the locker room or them coaches talk or something like that. He was probably watching Big Ten football somewhere, which apparently if you buy a lot of tickets to Big Ten games, you might get in trouble if you're connected to another Big Ten program. God forbid you go and watch a team before you play them. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, yeah, a- you're a Michigan guy, man. You guys are cheating, bro. Let me ask you this. <laughs> if you leave your front door wide open to your apartment, like let's say you go to work. We go to work early, early in the morning. It's dark out still, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you leave the front door wide open, right? Okay. And somebody comes in. Like when you come back to your house, somebody is sitting on your couch. Yeah. Whose fault is it? It's my is fault. it your fault or the guy who said, you know what? I'm tired. I want to sit down right now. It's my fault for allowing it's your access. Fault. It's your fault. You leave your car door wide open on the street with the keys in the ignition and the radio on. <laughs> okay. And 15 minutes later, when you come back, your car is gone. Whose fault is that? That's your fault. It's my fault. Your fault. It's your fault. If you leave your phone in the mall on a table, okay, and you get up and you walk over to the Chipotle to go get some food, and you, you come back and you realize your phone is gone, whose fault is that? Hold on, Mark. I can't expect humans to be good people. Like, hey, that's not mine. I'm not going to touch that. They may. They may be a good person. They may return it to you. (laughs) That's what we call a bonus. (laughs) That is what we call the universe looking out. However, no. 
There's no real expectation that somebody else is supposed to watch over your stuff while you have it. So, no, unless I see my man with a freaking rolling the tape, rolling the actual camera, like the Patriots. taking hardcore notes, <laughs> yes, I'm out. You wouldn't tell game. me that my man just went to go watch Rutgers, Indiana a week before the game got played. Guess what? So did 70,000 other people. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Well, you know who else got a bonus and the universe was very good to them, and that is the Cleveland Browns because the Colts got robbed. Did you see that that bullcrap call in the end zone when uh, P.J. Walker threw it like 20 yards into the stands? Uncatchable I, just doesn't exist anymore. I mean, they just gave it to him. They just gave it to him. First and goal. Like, uh, that, that, that was inexcusable, man. Yeah, I, I didn't love it. Did not love it. But you know what else I didn't love? Deshaun Watson starting this game. I When I bet this game, I bet the Browns with full intention of betting on P.J. Walker. Like, I thought P.J. Walker would start the whole game. Deshaun looks horrendous. And if it wasn't for, you know, I, you can give Joe Burrow the calf, you know, as an excuse, and we'll see how he comes out after the bye. But if it wasn't for Joe Burrow... If Deshaun Watson had played all the games, I think he'd be looking at like he might be the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, starting like the worst locked in starter. Uh, you guys still got Daniel Jones out there. Uh... Daniel Jones looks better. Like, do you had put Daniel Jones behind this offensive line? He's going to look better than what Deshaun Watson has put on tape. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in the discussion for sure. I don't know how this team is four and two, bro. Like, I. The AFC North, everybody's at least 500 or better. The AFC North is very, very interesting. I don't know how the Steelers are 4-2. and two. Speaking of that, I mean. Dude, hold on real quick, because Brett, our producer today, just put in the chat, cough, Zach Wilson, cough. I'll remind you, as misguided as it was, the Jets' plan was for Zach Wilson to be the backup this year. Like, the plan in Cleveland is for Deshaun Watson to start every single game that he's medically available to do so. He's only played in less than 50% of actual games available so far due to suspension or injury. And right now, depending on if you ask the Browns, he should be fine. If you ask Deshaun Watson, he's still hurt. It's confusing. But I do know this. If P.J. Walker broke his leg last week, Deshaun Watson comes back in the game. But you can't tell me you're protecting your franchise quarterback if he's active. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like i said man i don't know how they're four and two i don't know how pittsburgh is four and two pittsburgh has won like three games they had no business winning like the rams they just released their kicker today because he pretty much blew the game for them uh they won the other game what against who do they beat they scored like two defensive touchdowns it was the cleveland browns i think yeah, that game. Deshaun threw a pick six. Yeah, and I then mean, threw two interceptions as well. And then the Ravens game, they had no business winning that game either. Like this team should be like one and six or one and five right now. <laughs> like, like the Ravens dropped like a hundred balls in that game, and they still barely won. Like, th- this is the fakest four and two I've ever seen in my life. Well, it pays to have Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it pays to have good like, luck too. I mean, we good luck, but I mean, I think you make a lot of your luck. Like, seriously, like, I, it's at this point, I'm going to give him the track record of success at this. Like, he's been successful with all different types. You want to talk about Bill Belichick's 300 wins? Get it. All great. That's, but how many quarterbacks did he have in that time period? And I know that Tomlin had Big Ben for a long stretch, but Big Ben got nicked up. Big Ben was never, I mean, he was never the best quarterback in the league. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of this, like, it's a little bit of a different strategy, especially when you consider what's happened since. I'm giving Tomlin the benefit of the doubt. And you want to talk about a defensive player of the year candidate, TJ Watt, if he doesn't have the interception of Matthew Stafford, after dropping in coverage, checking Cooper Cup in the slot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they might lose this game regardless, but, uh, you know, happy for my boy Sheck. And uh, Jean-Claude Van Damashek, his son, they got to go and watch the game. So good to see that they got a win. Is there anything else in here that you want to discuss from last week before we move on to next week? There's only one more thing I want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about Seattle. Go for it. Because this is a team, and I'm going to include you again, Martin, because we agreed on this one. 
we we were being bold and picked Seattle to win the NFC West before the year. And what do you know? They're tied, baby. They both got two L's now. I mean, I'm just saying, this is a team that nobody's talking about. Their defense has looked spectacular over the last three weeks, holding teams to under 20 points in each game. Offense hasn't fully clicked yet, but that's nothing I'm really concerned about because they have the talent there. They're still trying to work in JSN. I think it was a blessing in disguise that DK Metcalf did not play this game because he was able to get some targets and get into a flow in this one. And I not think only that, now, they were also to, able to avoid 30 uh, yards and penalty <laughs> yardage after he had multiple unsportsmanlike, would have had multiple unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalties. <laughs> But yeah, man, I think this is the most underrated four and two team in the league right now. Nobody's really talking about because people just assume that the Niners are going to run away with the West. Not so fast, my friend. I really think this is going to be coming out to the end. Now, if I had to be honest, I still think the Niners probably win it, even though I picked Seattle before the year. But hey, if they can split, they come. They're on play until a couple few weeks from now. They can split that. Seattle has a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, it can be a little closer than people think, man. I want to give Seattle some love because none of the national pundits are talking about Seattle at all. So we have to be responsible and do that. Well, the thing that gives me, you know, the more Dre Greenlaw is holding his shoulder and Trent Williams is is on the sideline and Debo is going to miss next game. And, you know, if they had didn't have a bye after that, he'd miss that too. Like, that's the only reason he's not on injured reserve right now. Like, like I said, dog, Oceans three doesn't work. It needs to be Oceans eleven. <laughs> you know, I need they need all the all the cast of characters so surrounding Brock. Are you still, are you still all in on our work. preseason prediction of Seattle winning the West? Do you feel good about it again now? I mean, they're not going to win nor lose it on October twenty fourth. So it depends. But my, <laughs> I did think the 49ers have had a lot of injury luck. A lot of their stars haven't gotten nicked up, and I'm not betting on like hoping that anybody gets hurt. But this is this is a collision sport. Just the way things go. You know, people are going to get hurt, especially when you've had that much success across the board. And that, I mean, the cast of characters has been overwhelmingly the same. It's just the coordinators that have been flopping in and out. Um, And a couple of the cornerbacks, I should say that. But the NFC South is a competition right now for one reason and one reason only. Desmond Ritter. That's it. If he was a better player, <laughs> the NFC South would be a wrap. They should have I, beaten the Buccaneers by at least 10 points. Well, it didn't help that they fumbled at the one twice. That's why I said <laughs> at least 10 points. <laughs> yeah. At least 10 points. You, they should have beat the Buccaneers without their best running back, B. John Robinson. Right. This defense, everybody was telling me about the Saints defense to start the year, which has been good. But like Caden Ellis, David Animata, you know where they play in Atlanta now. You know, those are a lot of guys. We're making a lot of plays for the Saints. So but uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, the, the is the pedals coming off the rose. You know, I was never super into it. I was never like a big Baker guy back when he was supposed to lead Cleveland to the promised land. And now, you know, after four weeks through Tampa, he was, you know, this rough and tumble. Well, I think we saw more of what, uh, more of what we've seen throughout Baker's career in the last three weeks for Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you about Atlanta. I mean, I picked Atlanta to win the division before the year too. I was on the Saints at first throughout the summer, but you kind of convinced me Atlanta and I looked deeper into it. So I did switch before week one, and I went with Atlanta. Uh, just looking at their roster, I mean, if they just had, like, let's say they had Kirk Cousins. If Atlanta had Kirk Cousins right now. No contest. I, I think they're a one or two loss team right at this point, <laughs> like at, at, at worst, right? And, and, you know, that's kind of like the Kirk Cousins line, right? The middle of the pack, maybe he's 10, maybe. Two. <laughs> Give the Falcons middle of the pack Dak, and you know what we you know what they are atop the NFC South. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, their defense has been balling out, man. And you know, you got some talent offensively, man. You know, Drake London's flashing. I wish they can use Cal Pitts more. Bijan, you know, when he's actually playing, can be a factor. It's just Ritter just holds that team back dramatically, man. Shout out to uh, Bill Belichick getting his three hundredth win. 
I don't want to pass. I don't want to gloss over that as he moves into to be the third winningest coach in NFL history. And also shout out to that good. Uh, contract extension that he signed that no one knew about and had a lot of people looking dumb talking about they're going to fire Bill Belichick, which they still might, by the way. But it's going to cost Robert Kraft a lot more money. Yeah, you, let's take a break, man, and get into week eight games. Go for it. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Martin, you ready to get into week eight? Seven and five last week. I'm slowly starting to climb, baby. Put it in first gear, hit the gas, because we're going up. Well, unfortunately, you didn't gain any ground on me because I went eight and four. So you still lost Your time is coming, pal. (laughs) Water will find its level, and you're just flooded right now. Just wait for those flood waters to recede as the public starts taking more else. Well, let's get into week eight. We're going to start with Dallas coming off a bye. They're hosting the L.A. Rams. Right now, the Cowboys are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is set at 45-and-a-half. Where do you lean on this one? Six-and-a-half-point favorites? That's a lot. That's a lot of points. That's a lot, a lot of points. I look at this Rams team, though. And I wonder just how like the the thing you want to talk the pedals coming off the rose. I think the Rams are starting to come off the rose a little bit. They've lost that 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 I mean, yeah, I know the spot didn't help with the loss, but also the reason why that that spot was not able to be challenged is because Sean McVay is still calling the timeouts between second and third down, trying to make sure he's in the exact right play. And sure, when he called timeout with like 10 minutes left in the third quarter on second and seven. They ended up getting a first down on the next play, but you don't have rookie or second year Jared Goff anymore. You've got 
you know, perennial pro bowler, Matthew Stafford, a guy who you made all these moves for to go and get call two plays in the huddle champ call. You just call two plays in a headset, you know, just call two plays. You got a headset. This isn't college. Nobody's recording your signs from 8,000 feet away and trying to report you Ryan day. Anyway, uh, uh, this, just, but the Rams defense to me, it's full of unknowns and they're guys that you're getting to know a little bit better. I wonder if the Cowboys are able to keep up with this. I'm taking the Cowboys to cover six and a half. Off the bye, six and a half. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm surprised we agree here. I thought she was gonna take the Rams. Um, I, I take the Cowboys too. I think this is a good spot for them to make a statement coming off a of bye. And I think we kind of got into the trap of overvaluing the Rams when before the year we looked at that roster and it looked like probably the least talented roster in football. Um, you know, I think they've played above their means thus far. And I think this is where things start coming back down to earth for them as what we expected before the season and where the Cowboys just have way more talent. Like the talent gap is dramatic here and off the bye at home. I think they sent a message, you know, with the Eagles beating the Dolphins to keep pace in the NFC East. So I'm taking the Cowboys at minus six and a half as well. Next game, Thursday night football. How about this one? I'm intrigued by this one, actually. Got the Bucks traveling to Buffalo. The struggling Buffalo Bills are favored by seven and a half. The over-under is set at 42 and a half. I'll start on this one. Seven and a half is a lot of points, man. I, I don't like the way things are trending right now for Buffalo. I think they win this game, but I, I'm taking the Bucks to cover to seven and a half. I think that defense can keep them in the game. I think this is a game where it's ideally... It's a it's a prototypical Josh Allen gives away two two turnovers in this one, a pick or a strip fumble uh, against that Bucks defense, which is still very formidable. So yeah, Bills win the game, but I'm taking the Bucks with the point. Seven and a half is just way too much for my liking right now. I think the Bills are an incredible teaser leg right now, especially you get a, like if you get a six and a half point teaser and tease them down to just minus one. I think that's an incredible play. And I'm doing it several ways. We'll probably tease the Bills and the Cowboys, tease the Bills and the Lions, tease, uh, you know, maybe even, uh, let's see, what else is out here that I could think about? Maybe teasing the Bills and the Chiefs. But I think your analysis is correct here. Buccaneers plus seven and a half is the play, uh, especially when you consider how good Tampa's defense is against uh, against the this uh, Bills offense. Also considering the Bills defense has lost a ton of weapons in terms of Milano, Daquan Jones, Davius White. Like I think Mike Evans has a big day. Mike Evans, has, I think, and Baker's not afraid to throw the ball up. I wish the Buccaneers could run the ball better. They don't run the ball at all. And the the the, the spine right now of Buffalo's defense, from the defensive tackles to the linebackers to the safeties, questionable. That's where I think you can really win. So I, that's why I'm not picking the Buccaneers outright to win it, but I'll take the seven and a half. Nice. And let's go to another game that I think it's really, really tricky line here. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see where you're going on this one. So we got the Jaguars traveling to Pittsburgh. Right now the Jags are favored by two, and the over-under is at 42 even. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Really, really, really weird one here, wouldn't you say, Martin? See, the thing is, you would think – you think it's weird because you think it should be Jaguars by, like, four or five, no? Yeah, that, that's why I think it's weird. I, that's why you think it's weird. <laughs> we saw this last week, and I and it it was made me really – I had to really sit and question my betting, like, strategy and thought process because when I saw Packers minus one against the Broncos, I'm like, this is what John Descrimpsey calls a rat line. This is a rat line right here. This is this is is funny acting, right? This is a mirage. It's way too easy to just take the Packers minus one versus the Broncos, right? Way too easy. Until it wasn't. That's what this line feels like. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Fade the public. Let's go. Mike Tomlin, yeah. home dog. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I can't get there. Just because the way Pittsburgh has won these games, I don't think that's sustainable. I mean, 
and I know they don't have to win the cover to two, but I mean, it's pretty damn close. So you, you may take them on the money line as well. Um, I, I'm taking the Jags here. I, I'm I'm not going to overthink this one. I get what you're saying by the rat line. I totally get it. I understand. But the Jags are five and two against the spread. Pittsburgh's four and two against the spread, though. So they're nothing to sneeze at. But I just think the Jags are just clearly the better team here. And the Pittsburgh, I just can't imagine a world where Pittsburgh is even close to being five and two. Like, I, I, give me the Jags by a touchdown. I, I just can't do it. I can't do it, Martin. They no. they can't keep relying on missed field goals, defensive touchdowns, drop passes. Like, that is not going to happen every single week. It has to regress at some point. I'll tell you what is going to happen that in this game. Trevor Lawrence is going to fumble the ball. What happens after Trevor Lawrence fumbles is going to be the key to the game. Where it is <laughs> on the field, I'm telling you, he's going to fumble. Because TJ Watt strip, he's going to. Because I told Trevor Lawrence puts the ball on the ground, he's going to fumble after whether it be TJ Watt or Highsmith or Herbig or whatever. And if it happens in the on the right side of the field, like this TJ Watt interception did to Matthew Stafford, that's where you're going to be like, man, the Steelers are so lucky. And you know what? They might be, they might be, but they covered this too. Oh man. All right, let's go to the West Coast, the the Northwest to be specific here. The aforementioned Seattle Seahawks are at home against the Cleveland Browns. Right now, the Seahawks are getting your classic at home minus three treatment. The over-under right now is set at 40 even. I'll start on this one. I'm hammering Seattle minus three. I do not care. I know how good this Browns defense is, whatever. I understand it. I don't believe in their quarterback situation. I'm thinking Watson's going to play, but is that even a good thing, according to Martin? Should it be P.J. Walker? Uh, according to Martin? You don't ask Martin. Ask Kevin Stefanski. Because oh. Watson could have went back in the game. He cleared his concussion protocol, and they said, no, no, no. I'd rather XFL legend, Houston <laughs> roughneck, P.J. Walker. Well, I don't like Cleveland traveling across the country to Seattle, the time difference. Seattle, like I mentioned before, is the most underappreciated 4-2 and two team in the league. I think this is one of those statement games for them. And I won't be surprised if this game gets out of hand. I really wouldn't. I'm super confident in Seattle minus three. Like, I would, yeah, I, I take, um, give me Seattle. <laughs> I'm on Seattle as well here. As much as I like P.J. Walker, the train is falling off the tracks, which it always was going to. He's backup quarterback. Same thing is going to happen to your boy Zach Wilson, Brett Cormanos. The but the thing of the train is going to fall off the tracks at some point. Cleveland has snuck out two wins that they had no business getting, right? None, no business getting. And I get that Miles Garrett's incredible, but you score the ball on offense, you know. That's the trick. You score the ball on offense. Football one-on-one. <laughs> just, just so you know, a lot easier to score touchdowns and field goals when you have possession of the ball. And I'm not necessarily in the avenue that just keep running the ball with Jerome Ford and throwing it up to Amari Cooper. While it's been successful for two weeks straight, like you said, they don't get that pass interference penalty with the ball that almost hit the that poor fan uh, eating nachos in the first row. You know, luckily she was able to duck and, you know, <laughs> but yeah, so, but I, I like the Seahawks here in part because I think offensively they'll be able to keep up and 40 feels like a low number here. Just off the top. I feel like this yeah. is a Seahawks get to 21 at minimum. So the, that depends on what you think about what the Browns can do offensively or honestly defensively if they're able to scoop and score special teams, whatever. But I think the Browns are sitting at, I mean, Cleveland, Seattle is sitting at 21, 24, 27 points when this thing is all said and done. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And let's stay in the NFC West, which I think is the most intriguing matchup of the week. You got the 49ers coming off two straight losses at home. Back at the crib, though. They're mm -hmm. five and a half point favors against the reigning AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. This is a fun one. This is this one, I think, is a swing game for both teams, man. You got the Bengals at three and three, 
the 49ers losing two straight. The winner of this game, I think, goes up in a high trajectory while the loser is questioning will they even make the playoffs, which sounds crazy, right? But I, I think you may be getting there. So, like I said, Niners, five and a half point favorites. Right now, the over-under is at 45 and a half. I'll kick this one off. I, I've been toggling back and forth on this one, man. This is a tough one for me because I could see a scenario where the Niners kind of get back, ride the ship, win by a touchdown, but then the Bengals are off a bye. Right now, I think I'm begrudgingly leaning. Like I say, I'm not very confident either way on this one right now, but I'm leaning Niners minus five and a half. I'm this definitely Bengals, taking the points. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the Bengals offense has gave me no confidence this year. That's still a that still is a really good Niners defense over there. I I think they'll be able to run the ball on Cincinnati. And I think they'll do just enough to win this game by at least a touchdown. It'll be a close game throughout, but I think they win by a touchdown. 1,000% taking the Bengals here and the points. Uh, this is uh, it's an injury report play. It, I, I put it like this. If I if you told me that the Bengals were going to miss uh, Jamar Chase, Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, like, uh, and Joe Mixon, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to bet on them, you know, even if they do have Joe, Jamar is part of the that's part of the plan here. Like that's that's why it makes it work. Like unless Trent Williams and like Drake Greenlaw is playing at a hundred percent, I'm not. I I don't think in good conscience I can back this Niners team. Like the the nightmare scenario for the Niners is what's currently happening to the Niners, right? Christian McCaffrey with the oblique, Debo with the shoulder, Trent with the ankle. All let the all within the same half of football, these injuries occurred, right? Then you go in another one. You that ended with both Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw on the ground grabbing at a body part, right? Like that's not that's not good. That's not good. And you're telling me that these are the players that are nicked up. You know, not the backup swing tackle. Like these are the players that are nicked up the the backbone to what the Niners. We need another word for dynasty that doesn't win any championships, you know, <laughs> prolonged window. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever, whatever has had the 49 contender, perennial contender. There you go. Because pretty much since Patrick Mahomes started playing quarterback for the Chiefs, the Niners have been great. You know what I'm saying? It's like pretty much since that that, that both tracks. Right. But. With Patrick Mahomes, you see you lose a guy like Tyreek Hill. And does it look the same? Not necessarily, but we're figuring it out. The 49ers didn't have any figure it. They didn't have a figure it out button uh, against the Vikings, who are talented, but one of the worst teams in the NFL, right? Bengals are better than the Vikings. I stand on that, especially without Justin Jefferson. So I'm thinking I'm, I'm definitely taking a five and a half. And if this injury report comes out and looks a little funny, to the 49ers side, I see the line moving towards Cincinnati. Well, let me ask you this. Just forget the spread for a second. Do you think the Bengals win the game? They, I think they got a real shot. I think they got a real shot. Like, if you had told me prior to this season, okay, Trent Williams is out, Debo is out for seven games. And I told, I asked you how many of those you think they would win. Position, like you schedule independent, just they're playing regular NFL schedule. How many of those seven games you think they win without those two guys? Uh, I think they can still go four and three. Four and three. I mean, they're about 500, right? Yeah. And they lose this, they'll be three in a row. You yeah. know, like I could see it. I, I'm not. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm not the. I, I. All credit in the world to Brock the Rock Purdy, but forgive me if I didn't think that the third string quarterback from last year was the the number one option for this year. If he's a backup, I love it, but he's not. I think it's one of those things where the floor was so low coming off of Jimmy G, to where if you had anything that didn't look like Jimmy G, it's like, oh my god, he's the greatest thing ever. Like, and you got to remember, Niner fans, especially the old school Niner fans, 
they they they've been salvagating over for a quarterback since Steve Young. Like it's been like since 30 years. That was like 30 years ago. So like anybody that looks like just competent, <laughs> like, oh my God, he actually throws touchdowns and he can move around a little bit. Like, oh, he's the greatest thing ever. Like, I think it was one of those situations where he got over sensationalized because of the factor they haven't had a quarterback in 30 years. Well, let's just, every time you watch the Vegas Raiders, just remember this. They decided to move on from their 10-year starter for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is probably not healthy enough to play football in reality, Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. And the Saints were like, gotta have that, gotta lock it up. Let's take a break, and we have our lemon pepper parlays on the other side. All right, Mark. What's your lemon pepper parlay this week? Hey, how about you hit one, Mr. Oh, look at me against the spread. You know what I'm saying? Last three weeks, uh, I'm two and three in my lemon pepper parlays. That's all I got to say uh, on the matter. Whatever makes you sleep better at night, man. I ain't mad at it. I'm just saying, you know, the loyal listeners of this podcast deserve winners. Hey, I've been all I've been giving out is winners on the spread. I don't know what you want me to say, man. But I'm gonna win my lemon pepper parlay this week, even though I'm probably an idiot for doing this for first part of it. But hey, I'm still I'm riding with it again. The Green Bay Packers, Martin. I'm taking the Packers on the money line <laughs> at Lambeau against the Vikings. Vikings coming off an emotional Monday night win, short week. Everybody's super low on the Packers. We know how these things go, Martin. Regression to the mean both ways. The Packers cannot keep losing, can they? Uh, yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely can. Especially when you consider that they have lost to two of the worst teams in football. And I mean, I mean, they would, they beat the bears. Remember Jordan love beating the bears. And that was, that was the end of the day. Like that well, was, that was after I, that, I, it was a wrap. I'm expecting them to get back in the win column. I don't like the Vikings coming off an emotional Monday night win against the Niners on a short week. Give me the Packers on the money line, and I'm pairing that with the under on the Bengals-Niners game. I think that's going to be a very ugly slugfest, 20-17 to 17 type games, maybe 23-16. to 16. It's going to be really low scoring there. So I love the under there at 45, and I got both those plays at plus 273. I'm trying to remember who the other team the Packers beat was. Oh, that's right. It was the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, your Saints when they came back down 17 nothing. Hmm. And it all <laughs> went downhill. What's your lemon pepper you parlay, man? My lemon pepper parlay is I'm taking two big favorites and parlaying them together to make it a little more manageable. Taking the Cowboys on the money line and the Eagles on the money line. Uh the Commanders, they are that what a what a cop out of a parlay, by the way. Uh, excuse you. Excuse you. Two heavy favorites on the money line? Come on. You know, where were you last week when I was talking about, you know, looking at the Giants and Falcons parlay? I gave it out, but I, I didn't make it my full money line parlay. I don't want to hear it. You know what I did last week? Steelers on the money line against the Rams off a of bye. Uh, I mean, what are we talking about? Oh, here? so you get a what free a, pass a, this week just to go heavy favorites? Okay, fine. What a Take two of the biggest favorites and tear them on money line. Go ahead. Well, try to win. How about that? I'm trying to win. You know what the best bets are? I'll remind you because sometimes Dave Damashek needs a reminder as well. The best bets are the ones that win. Okay. Well, I don't want to hear you uh, poo-pooing me for being with the public and, and my spread record this year then. So don't do that no more because I I'm win. Saying, I just win. All I'm saying is there may be a little bit of a canary in the coal mine there. You might be like last year's Minnesota Vikings, eight and one, but nobody, everybody's like, how? How does it happen? All right. So, what did you get those two heavy favorite money lines? What did it come out to? That comes out to 126, minus 126. So, uh, no, not even plus money. Oh, man. I mean, you can get two every favorites for just just under the low price 
of 125, which some of these games on the money line are regardless. Some of them spread is juice to that. So, yeah, you're right. It's not something you're going to retire on. But you know what? If you keep listening to me, we'll get this thing right. And we will keep this ball rolling. I would say good luck this week, but I don't like your attitude. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see if you can gain some ground. Finally, you know, even even though you had a winning week, you still didn't gain ground because I was a game better than you this past week. I'm going to make sure that when we make the extra points graphic, I'm the last one to put my picks in because I noticed when I entered them last week, 30 minutes before the deadline, you had not yet. So I'm going to stop giving you the answer sheet. How about that? (laughs) This guy's delusional, people. How about that? All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace to everyone with Mark Donald's. Thank you.